재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is time for David's Bookmark with David Tizard. David is an assistant professor at Seoul Women's University and is completing the research of his PhD in Korean studies at Hanyang University. Welcome back, David. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, everybody listening. You have brought in a Bill Bryson title today. Bill Bryson, as many of you may know, made a name for himself by writing highly accessible nonfiction titles on travel and so on. Could you introduce the book? I can, and I'd like to start, if I may, by first introducing why I've chosen this book. Okay. I think that a nice little justification would work well. Now, perhaps it's just me, but Sunday has always been a day on which I question a great many things. Mm-hmm. Now, this habit might be one that has arisen as a result of weekend drinking, and this might force me into some sort of existential crisis where I ponder the nature of existence, the world in general, and various mm-hmm. things around me. Yeah, drinking was not what I was expecting at all. I thought the, the connection between Sunday and pondering probably had to do with religion. I think that's also very true because Sunday we're generally less busy. Uh-huh. We're not tied up with the day-to-day things of the weekdays. We have a little bit more time. And so for whatever reason it is, I think Sunday is a day on which many people... That's why I've chosen this book. I think it okay. really fits into Sunday. The the book's title gives us some indication of, of the vast, all-encompassing scope of Bryson's work. Can you mm. tell us what the title is? The title of this book is A Short History of Nearly Everything. Mm-hmm. And the title is wonderful because you can't really have a short history of nearly everything. Mm-hmm. Just think about it for a while. But as the title suggests, this book tries to recount the story of the world. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, that's a big promise. That's a big promise. This is not just like periodic history or a look at a certain it's everything. We did uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did the Cuban Missile Crisis, and that mm-hmm. was intense, looking at just literally two days. Mm-hmm. Here he's going from the time of the Big Bang to the current day, and this current day which finds us sat across a, a nice wooden table with all the technology in front of us, and a lot has happened during that time, since the beginning of the universe to right now. Mm-hmm. And Bill Bryson tries to fill in these gaps and remind us that we should be very proud of the progress that the Earth and we as humans have made since then. Mm-hmm. Well, let's listen to a clip of Bill Bryson talking about his book, and then we'll come back to the discussion. Okay. Now, a few years ago, as you may know, I wrote a book called The Short History of Nearly Everything, which was my attempt to understand the world and the universe around it and how they both got to be the way they are. Or as I put it in the book, how we went from there being nothing at all to there being something, and then how a little of that something eventually turned into us. Now, one of the things that particularly fascinated me was how scientists figured things out. How did they know where the continents were 300 million years ago? Or how hot it is on the surface of the sun? Or what goes on at the heart of a gene? Or what was happening in the universe in its first three minutes? How do they even know that the universe had a first three minutes and hasn't just been there forever? How does anybody ever figure these things out? And so the book became for me a kind of quest to find out not only what we know, but how we know what we know. And so for about four years, I did almost nothing but try to understand science and its achievements. I traveled to 11 countries on five continents, read lots and lots of books and journals and transcripts and monographs, and asked enormous amounts of really dumb questions of incredibly kind and patient experts from a variety of disciplines. 
I didn't have any particular outcome in mind, no axe to grind or anything like that. I was just trying to pack an empty mind with as much interesting information as it could hold. The, in the same vein as, as being proud of what Bill Bryson just mentioned about not just what we know yeah. in terms of scientific achievement, how we know these things, and this is what he, he set out to to find out. And before we listened to the clip, you said that, that we've made all these accomplishments as human beings that we should yeah. be very proud of. And by that, you don't necessarily mean scientific achievements, right? I mean, that's included, but there's also a lot of things. We've come a long way since the beginning. We have come a long way, and I think one of the most interesting things that has developed is this inquisitive nature that Bill Bryson embodies so well. Mm-hmm. He, he mentioned during that clip that he asked a lot of really dumb questions to a lot right, of right. really patient people. Right, right, right. It's, that really sums it up for me. It's not just the, the knowledge, but it's the desire for knowledge. And mm-hmm. then it's how we transmit that knowledge to other people. Mm-hmm. This is really important because it's not simply just what we know. It's how we tell other people what we know or how we express what we know. This is the human interaction that goes on between us. And it's such a fundamental thing that we often lose it amidst all our technological developments and smartphones, computers. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I liked about what he said in the clip was that he didn't have any axe to grind, yeah. which suggests that he didn't have an agenda that he wanted to push. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to disprove any. Anything. Yep. He just wanted to know how it happened or how we knew that these things happened. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And more than that, he's sort of an outsider to the scientific field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he's not working with an agenda. He's not a scholar of this himself. He's, he's certainly a very clever man. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But he's not a genius at this by any sense of, or stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, no axe to grind. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the questions that he's answering in this book? Um everything okay what is an atom (laughs) what is light why does the earth revolve why is the sky blue what is an axe who invented the axe and why do we grind it (laughs) (laughs) everything that you could possibly consider is coming out in his book and it's the way he communicates it Mm -hmm. it's fantastic because obviously as you know certain people have great ideas and certain people are great writers Mm. bill bryson is a, a wonderful writer in the way that he describes these things to you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a book that connects the world and everything in it on a scientific level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of science, and science can be very daunting. Were you were you big into your science at school, high school, Jamie? Oh, absolutely. I wanted Re- to be a biologist. Really? Mm-hmm. I could picture you as a biologist, mm-hmm. actually. And what, what drove you? There Was there any... Well, I was fascinated by uh, cellular biology, of, mm-hmm. of all things. I, I, I thought it was fascinating that an entire world could be contained in a single cell. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm yeah. flaunting my nerdy side once again. <laughs> Please, flaunt away, flaunt away. Because that's what Bill Bryson does. He makes these things, biologies and cells and Pavlov's dogs and people with peas and genetics. He, he reminds you of those things that you have this vague recollection of. And he brings it back to life to you and he explains it in a way that's really cool and it's peppered with this English humor. Mm-hmm. You'll fi- we'll find that all through his book, but he's got a very sort of dry wit. It's peppered with these wry observations uh-huh. and every once in a while it sort of makes you smile. Right, right. So it's highly accessible. Incredibly. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing about it. Um, if I could, perhaps, I'd like to read you a little excerpt uh, just to show you how accessible it is. Okay. Welcome and congratulations. I'm delighted that you could make it. Getting here wasn't easy, I know. 
In fact, I suspect it was a little tougher than you realise. To begin with, for you to be here now, trillions of drifting atoms had somehow to assemble in an intricate and intriguingly obliging manner to create you. It's an arrangement so specialised and particular that it has never been tried before and will only exist this once. For the next many years, we hope, these tiny particles will uncomplainingly engage in all the billions of deft cooperative efforts necessary to keep you intact and let you experience the supremely agreeable but generally underappreciated state known as existence. Why atoms take this trouble is a bit of a puzzle. Being you is not a gratifying experience at the atomic level. For all their devoted attention, your atoms don't actually care about you. Indeed, don't even know that you are there. They don't even know that they are there. They are mindless particles, after all, and not even themselves alive. It is a slightly arresting notion that if you were to pick yourself apart with tweezers, one atom at a time, you would produce a mound of fine atomic dust none of which had ever been alive, but all of which had once been you. Yet somehow for the period of your existence they will answer to a single, overarching impulse to keep you you. The bad news is that atoms are fickle and their time of devotion is fleeting, fleeting indeed. Even a long human life adds up to only about 650,000 hours. And when that modest milestone flashes past or at some other point thereabouts, for reasons unknown your atoms will shut you down, silently disassemble, and go off to be other things, and that's it for you. Still, you may rejoice that it happens at all. Generally speaking, in the universe it doesn't, so far as we can tell. This is decidedly odd, because the atoms that so liberally and congenially flock together to form living things on Earth are exactly the same atoms that decline to do it elsewhere. Whatever else it may be, at the level of chemistry, life is curiously mundane. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen and nitrogen, a little calcium, a dash of sulphur, a light dusting of other very ordinary elements. Nothing you wouldn't find in an ordinary drugstore. And that's all you need. The only thing special about the atoms that make you is that they make you. That is, of course, the miracle of life. His voice is very, very inviting and warm. Like he's speaking directly to to his readers. And yep. the other thing that I liked was that he basically summed up your entire biological life in yeah. under a paragraph. The voice is really important, and that's why I, I really enjoy making a a point of reading some of it to the readers mm -hmm. because you need to feel his voice. You need to hear what it is, and right. it, it to me it sounds really British. I I can hear John Cleese or mm -hmm. one of the Monty Python boys reading this right, with right. their tongue firmly in their cheek. Mm -hmm. And he does that, and he explains it at the biological level. He also does this wonderful thing where he takes these scientific principles and puts them into comprehensible examples, like your life mm. is 650,000 hours long. Mm -hmm. Well, let's continue our discussion after a song. What do you have for us, David? Well, I love doing the books, and I love the music in the morning as well. So this is a fabulous song for a Sunday morning that reminds us why the world is so good. This is Sam Cooke with What a Wonderful World. Don't know much about history Don't know much biology Don't know much about a science book Don't know much about the French I took But I do know that I love you And I know that if you love So can you give us examples, specific examples of something that you have learned or, or at least was either reminded of or reintroduced to through this book? Like, give us a taste of the knowledge inside this book. 
There's a there's a whole lot of knowledge inside this book, and it's a very comprehensive book. But one of the things that really stood out for me, and upon reviewing this book again, was the notion, the concept that we as human beings are energy. Mm-hmm. And let me just—it's a very short little piece, but just so you can understand this, you may not feel outstandingly robust, but if you are an average size adult, you will contain within your modest frame no less than seven times ten to the power of eighteen joules of potential energy, enough to explode with the force of thirty very large hydrogen bombs. Assuming you knew how to liberate it and really wish to make a point. We're just not very good at taking it out. Even a uranium bomb, the most energetic thing we have produced yet, releases one percent of the energy it could release if only we were more cunning. Well, I'm really glad that we yeah. don't know how to liberate it on that level. Yeah, and perhaps our points are not really for that worth making. <laughs> right, But right. it's it's a really interesting thing that we are the very things that we demonize in society, or mm-hmm. we spend all this time arguing about whether right. certain states or nations a- adopt mm-hmm. certain principles and and that. But essentially, we are the same thing as that. Mm-hmm. We are talking about a different manifestation of ourselves because right. the same. At a molecular level or a cellular level, see, I've been reading this book now. <laughs> yeah. uh, at a certain level, we uh-huh. are exactly the same thing as those bombs.、Mm-hmm. And maybe we make things like hydrogen bombs because we we need to find ways to express all this energy that's inside us subconsciously, and that's what we come up with. Yeah, it、mm-hmm. very well could be. It could just be an extension to our human existence, like we wear watches and rings and accessories and、mm-hmm. all these sorts of things, perhaps. The nuclear weapons are, and the bombs are just an extension or an accessory to our、mm-hmm. existence. But anyone out there, it's Sunday. You might be feeling a little <laughs> lethargic and down. You are more powerful than a nuclear bomb. You are compressed、mm-hmm. energy. So, so、mm-hmm. use it, please. Yes, but but not to the extent that you explode, because anger management would take on a whole new meaning. Yeah, yes, it, yeah, <laughs> yes. Calm, deep breaths, and find right, you、right. in a penguin. <laughs> So we should finish by、um, talking a little bit about the author himself, Bill Bryson. Can you tell us briefly about Bill Bryson? Yeah, I think his life is quite interesting, as, as interesting as his books, perhaps. Despite being born in the States, Des Moines, to be precise, Bill Bryson spent much of his life and professional career working in the UK. He was there as a journalist first, as his father was before him, and I think that comes out in his writing. This very accessible and superbly crafted pieces. He then went on to become an independent writer, and he's shown、mm-hmm. his affinity for the UK.、Um, he's produced a, a lot of books on England and its people. He's been appointed as a commissioner for the National Heritage, the Chancellor of Durham University, and he was even awarded an OBE by the Queen for his services to literature. Oh! So he's really had a, a big impact on English culture and English cultural heritage. He's、mm-hmm. been a A keen observer and documenter of the English people in general, and this despite coming from Des Moines.、Mm. So I, I'm very happy that he's gone beyond his natural habitat. We could see in that clip that we played from him; he's a very inquisitive man.、Mm-hmm. He desires to get out there beyond his comfort zone and find things. Right, right. And if you're ready to take a break from the theological, philosophical, existential questions and discover just how physically connected you are to the world, a short history of nearly everything is the book for you. So we will finish the show with another little Sunday ditty, and that hopefully lifts your mood and answers a few of your questions. David. Yes, with their own interpretation of the origin of man and society, this is the fabulous Coasters with that is rock and roll. Thank you for joining us today, David. Say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye, listeners.
And we have arrived at the end of our show. To learn more about next week's topic, please visit our website. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. with another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is The Coasters. That is rock and roll. In the beginning, there were nothing but rocks. Then somebody invented the wheel. And things just began 